This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. You have heard her at the debates, and maybe you're one of the millions of people who Googled her afterwards. Her message is spiritually driven, and it's definitely different than the mainstream political rhetoric we're used to hearing these days. Joining us to talk about how she sees her role in the 2020 presidential race is author, activist, non-denominational faith leader, and presidential hopeful, Marianne Williamson. Ms. Williamson, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah. So uh, one of the things that I find interesting about your candidacy is that it kind of attempts to transfer spiritual leadership into a role in political leadership. And we just don't really see that kind of thing uh, unfold in American politics very frequently. I think it's even different from the idea of trying to translate religious leadership into political leadership, which is something we've seen some people do. Uh, Talk about how you made the decision to run for president in 2020 and how you're harnessing that spiritual side of your beliefs and your thinking uh, to, to, to make the case uh, in a political context? Well, spirituality is simply the path of the heart. So it includes all ethical and moral consideration. It includes conscience. And I don't think so much that this is new as that what we have now is so aberrational. So I believe that when you're talking about things like what is ethical, what is good, what is the right thing to do as opposed to the wrong thing to do, what is aligned with our deeper values. That belongs in our collective and public conversation as much as it belongs in our private ones. And I think the American people do have that conversation when it comes to our personal lives. But over the last few decades, we have stopped having those larger moral and ethical conversations as they relate to our public sphere. And that has been to the detriment of our society. It has been behind a lot of our justifying and and unjust and even immoral economic uh, system, uh, whereby our government does more to advocate for the ability of a few people to make more of the money that they already have and harder for most people to thrive. It is behind our justification for allowing huge multinational corporate interests to override our health and our security and our well-being in area after area after area. So I don't believe that the conversation of what is good, what is true, what is heartfelt, and what is soulful should have ever been driven out of public discourse. And what I'm talking about is simply putting it back where it belongs and where it has always been in the moments when America has been our best. Mm. And the the reaction to your approach in the first Democratic debates was was overwhelming. I mean, I think is is probably the best word uh, to, to use. Did you expect that kind of response? I've, I'm not saying anything in this campaign that everybody I know isn't saying. I'm talking in a way that Americans talk today. This is the 21st century. So our conventional political establishment is stuck in a mindset that is very 20th century. It's like 40, 50 years old, very mechanistic. We only talk about external changes. 
Whereas in the 21st century, we have a much more integrative, holistic view of life, a much more whole person view of life. So it's interesting that my conversation seemed in any way strange when really what's increasingly strange is a conversation that is so stuck only on the level of symptom, never on the level of cause, only on the level of externals, never on the level of psychological and emotional dynamics which drive political behavior, which is particularly um, concerning given that that's how we got Donald Trump. We got Donald Trump because the political establishments on both left and right were blind to the underlying turbulence, economic turbulence. Now, I don't think Bernie Sanders was blind to it. I think the Democrats and the Republicans establishments on both sides were gobsmacked by both Trump and Bernie because they didn't recognize what was going on beneath the surface. And I fear for what's going to happen if we continue down this path of the 2020 election with so little recognition of what is happening beneath the surface. And I believe that that's what my, what my campaign represents. I think several of the candidates realize now and belatedly the anger that people felt in the last election and the anger that people feel about Trump. But I believe it's a mistake to try to win this election based on anger against Trump. I think the deeper psychological and emotional imperative now is a desire that people feel for goodness, a desire that people feel for conscience, a desire that people feel for the comfort that comes along with that. It's not a comfort that comes from going backwards to some kind of political normalcy that we look back on like you look with nostalgia at something, but rather the kind of comfort that will only come from a serious truth-telling and moral realignment. And that's what I feel I'm, I'm doing with my campaign. My guest is Marianne Williamson. She's an author, activist, non-denominational faith leader, and 2020 candidate for president of the United States. She is running as a Democrat. You may have seen her in the initial debates among Democrats who are running for president and heard her unusual message, which is about spiritual leadership and moral and ethical leadership and how those translate into the political context. If you want to join the conversation or have a question for Marianne Williamson, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. Tell us what you think of her candidacy. Tell us what you think uh, about the way that she stands on stage with all of these other candidates. Uh, do you notice the contrast? Do you notice how differently she thinks and talks about American politics? And is that something that is appealing to you in a time that is so divisive and so bitter in terms of the way that we think about each other and speak to one another? Uh, you can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today and we'll try to work you into the conversation. Uh, Marianne, before we go to phones, uh, I want to talk about your roots here in Detroit. Uh, you've been credited with invigorating Renaissance Unity Church in Warren. Uh, talk about uh, how important Detroit is uh, to you and to, to your history. Well, first of all, my father was born in Hamtramck, mm -hmm. and my sister went to University of Michigan, so I have um, quite a few Michigan roots. I lived in uh, the greater metro Detroit area from 2000, no, from 1998 to 2006. 
So I raised my daughter there. Mm -hmm. And as my daughter says, Mommy, I had a happy childhood in Detroit. And that makes any mother, that sort of, (laughs) that says it all. So uh, the fact that my daughter says, Mommy, I had a happy childhood there, that's everything. Um, I made some lifelong friends there. Uh, It definitely has a piece of my heart. And I'm someone who looks at so much of the revitalization of Detroit over the last few years with um, the kind of satisfaction and happiness for the city that you, you could only feel if you yourself had lived there. Yeah. And I did, and I do. Yeah. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Let's go to Alex in Gross Point. Alex, welcome to the program. The number on the phones. Let's go to Alex. Hello. Yeah, Alex, if you can turn down your phone, that would or your radio. Oh, there we go. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, hi. So um, my question is, um, when Donald Trump was running for president, uh, he didn't run as an outright um, religious person. Uh, that wasn't at the forefront of his campaign. And what we've seen from him in the past uh, several years is his ability to embolden the religious right, to restrict uh, women's rights. Uh, to access uh, health care that would give them autonomy over their own bodies, and, of course, uh, sentiments uh, towards women's uh, place in, uh, mm-hmm. in terms of uh, equal pay and such. Mm-hmm. So my question is, how can we trust a candidate, uh, regardless of party, um, who is running on a... Um, uh, who is running outright as a, as a religious person to uphold the idea of separation of church and state, so that uh, we don't embolden the religious wow. right, um, or or the religious left, for that matter, that yeah. we keep uh, religion as a whole out of the ideas of secular government. Uh, Alex, that's a great question. Uh, thanks very much for the call. Marion Williamson, how do you answer that? Uh, that well, question? I wouldn't say that I'm running, quote-unquote, outright as a religious person. I mean, I am a, a spiritual person, and I am a Jew, so I am of a religion. I would say this, the separation of church and state is one of the most enlightened and critically important aspects of our Constitution, but we should be very clear what it is and what it isn't. It has a dual function. It means, on one hand, that no priest, minister, rabbi, imam, monk, ayatollah, anything like that, is going to uh, walk into the halls of Congress and say, rip up this bill, or you have to pass another one because this law is or is not in alignment with religious dogma. That is not going to happen in the United States. So government is, is protected from interference by religious institutions. At the same time, simultaneously, all people who either believe or don't believe and believe in whatever way they believe are protected from governmental interference. So you could have a church, a mosque, a synagogue, an AA meeting, a meditation class, or an atheist group. Hmm. And none of those are going to have a policeman come in and say, break it up, you're not on the list. So those are sacrosanct, sacrosanct. Now, the founders, by instituting that separation, were not seeking to suppress the religious conversation or the spiritual conversation or the moral conversation or the ethical conversation. If anything, they were seeking to protect it and to liberate it. So I'm not in any way, nothing I have said or that I do say, or that I even believe in for that matter, has to do with religious doctrine or dogma. It has to do with spiritual principle, which is what is good? What is conscience? What is mercy? What is justice? What is humility? 
those are the principles at the core of all the great religious systems. And I think the, the point I was making earlier is that those questions, what is mercy? What is justice? What is humility? What is, is conscience? Those things belong in the public dialogue. Yeah, yeah. And, I, I wanna... and the public political dialogue it is to the detriment of that dialogue when that inquiry is absent. Yeah, I want to I want to quickly get to one more call before we run out of time. Dave in Clinton Township, what's on your mind? Hi, um, I've really enjoyed the, the conversation so far. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a very very big on uh, on inter non denominational this uh, interfaith action, mm-hmm. um, but I just learned something yesterday that really bothered me about Marianne. And I heard that she's an anti-vaccination person. Um, And I mean... Yeah, I, I, I uh, Dave, I don't mean to cut you off, but but we're going to run out of time, and I want her to be able to react to that. Uh, Marianne Williamson, there are some things you've said and done that have attracted some negative attention. Uh, your position on vaccines is one of them. Uh, talk about uh, that that thought. I nev- yeah, go ahead. I never said, well, this gentleman said he heard I'm an anti-vax person. Well, I don't know. You know, in, particularly in politics, I heard can mean all kinds of things. You didn't hear it from me. Uh, and you won't hear it from me because I'm not. Uh, okay. um, I made a yeah. Yeah, you made a statement on a program though about some. I made a pro, I made a statement about mandatory vaccines. You know, we're going. Uh, they're going through a lot of uh, a lot of drama about all that in California right now mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. about a bill and about how difficult it has become to get medical exemptions. Yeah. And I made a sloppy comment about that. But you know, the president doesn't weigh in on the kinds of things going on in states. But nothing that I ever said was, quote, unquote, anti-vax. And that's not my position, and it never was. Okay. Uh, Marianne Williamson, president, uh, presidential candidate for 2020, thanks very much for being here with us on Detroit Today. That's going to do it for us today. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station. Your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk more tomorrow.